Welcome to Zikhu Dav Siman Rebbe Rebbe Ram Golder, and today we're Sukkah Sukkah Dav Chav Tes. The end of the second parak Yashin Tachas Amita, and the beginning of the third parak Luv Agazel. So the three topics are going to focus on number one. The Mishnah Dav Chav Ches Amabei stated, "Yardu Gushamim Meimusai Mutulafanos Mishetisroch Hamikba." If rain was falling into the sukkah, at what point is it permitted to even go into the house when the rainfall is so intense that the porch gets ruined? It was taught in a brace on Ardaf that if one was eating in a sukkah. And it began raining, and he left the sukkah and continued his meal in his house. Even if it stops raining, we do not trouble him to go back into the sukkah until he finishes his meal and wishes to eat another meal. Rashi explains that once he sat down to continue his meal, he's no longer chayav to return to the sukkah, even if it stops raining. Similarly, if one was sleeping in the sukkah and it began raining, and he left his sukkah and went to sleep in his house, even if it stops raining, we do not trouble him to go back into the sukkah until it becomes light when dawn begins to break. Point number two, the Mishnah brought a mushroom for when one is forced out of the sukkah because of rain. To what does this compare? To a slave who comes to pour wine for his master and he poured a pitcher of water on his face. The one on this stuff brings a rice that clarifies that it is as if the master spilled a pitcher of water on the slave's face and said to him, I do not desire your service. The Gemara then digresses to discuss other natural occurrences which serve as an omen of Hashem's dissatisfaction with the world. It was taught in the Brisa, Rabbi Meir says, When the celestial bodies are stricken, it is a bad omen for the Jewish people. We assume that the omen is intended for them, because they are accustomed to their blows, meaning that the Jewish people are accustomed to punishment. This is analogous to a teacher of young children who comes to school with a strap in his hand. Who is worried about the impending punishment? The child who is accustomed to being hit every day is the one that worries. And point number three, the opening of the third parak states, A stone love or a dry one is puzzle. The Gemara points out that the Mishnah does not distinguish between the first day of Yantiv or the second day of the Chag, and asks that while it's understandable that a dry luv is puzzle on any day, because Hadar Be'in and Valeka, we require that the luv possesses beauty all seven days, and this is lacking when the luv is dry. But for a stone luv, it's only understandable that on the first day of the Chag, it's possible because it is written, Lechem, and you shall take for yourselves on the first day the Dalad meaning, which implies Mishalachem, it should be your own property. But why on the second day of the Chag should a stone luv be puzzle? Because it's a mitzvah that's brought about through an avera, and an object that's acquired through an avera is unfit for use in the performance of a mitzvah. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah Dav Chav Ches stated, If rain was falling into the sukkah, at what point is it permitted to leave and go into the house? When the rain falls so intense, the porridge gets ruined. It was taught in Brites and Ardaf that if one was eating in a sukkah and it began raining, and he left the sukkah and continued his meal in his house, even if it stops raining, we do not trouble him to go back in the sukkah until he finishes his meal and wishes to eat another meal. Rashi explains that once he sat down to continue his meal, he's no longer chayat to return to the sukkah even if it stops raining. Similarly, if one was sleeping in the sukkah and it began raining, and he left his sukkah and he went to sleep in his house, even if it stops raining, we do not trouble him to go back into the sukkah until it becomes light, when dawn begins to break. Point number two, the mission brought a mashal for when one is forced out of the sukkah because of rain. To what does this compare? To a slave who comes to pour wine for his master and he poured a pitcher of water on his face. 
The Quran this stuff brings a price that clarifies that it is as if the master spilled a pitcher of water on the slave's face and said to him, I do not desire your service. The Gemara then digresses to discuss other natural occurrences which serve as an omen of Hashem's dissatisfaction with the world. It was taught in Ebrisa, Rebbe Meir says, When the celestial bodies are stricken, it is a bad omen for the Jewish people. We assume that the omen is intended for them, because they are accustomed to their blows, meaning that the Jewish people are accustomed to punishment. This is analogous to a teacher of young children who comes to school with a strap in his hand, who's worried about the impending punishment? The child who's accustomed to being hit every day is the one that worries. And point number three, the opening mission of the third parak states, a stone lulav, or a dry one is puzzle. The Gemara points out that the Mishnah does not distinguish between the first day of Yantav or the second day of the Chag and asks that while it's understandable that a dry lulav is puzzle on any day, because Hadar Be'inin and Baleka, we require that the lulav possesses beauty all seven days, and this is lacking when the lulav is dry, but for a stone lulav, it's only understandable that on the first day the Chag is possible because it's written, Lechem, and you shall take for yourselves on the first day the Dalad meaning, which implies Mishal Lechem, they should be your own property. But why on the second day of the Chag should a stolen lulav be possible? Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Shimra Yachai, Mishim Dahabri Mitzvah Habba Avera, because it's a mitzvah that's brought about through an Avera. An object that's acquired through an Avera is unfit for use in the performance of a mitzvah. All right, so now we go to Simra Dav Chavtes, and her standard simon is a cot. A cot. So here goes. As the empty cot in the soka got soaked from the rain, while the family ate inside, the master poured a pitcher on the face of a thief who tried to sneak in and steal his lulav. Once again, it's motion. As the empty cot caught, that must be more of Chavtes. As the empty cot in the sukkah got soaked from the rain, while the family ate inside, which reminds us, it was taught in the bright that if one was eating in a sukkah and it began raining and he left the sukkah and continued his meal in his house, that even if it stops raining, we do not trouble him to go back into the sukkah until he finishes his meal and wishes to eat another meal. Rush explains that once he sat down to continue his meal, he's no longer chayev to return to the sukkah, even if it stops raining. And similarly, if one was sleeping in the sukkah and began raining and he left his sukkah and went to sleep in his house, even if it stops raining, we do not trouble him to go back to the sukkah until it becomes light when dawn begins to break. So as the empty cot in the sukkah got soaked from the rain, while the family ate inside, the master poured a pitcher on the face of a thief, which reminds us the Mishnah brought a mushroom from when one is forced out of the sukkah because of rain. To what is it compared to a slave who came to pour wine for his master, and he poured a pitcher of water on his face. The Gemara here brings a bryce that clarifies that it's as if the master spilled a pitcher of water on the slave's face and said to him, I don't desire your service. So as the empty cot in the sukkah got soaked from the rain, while the family ate inside, the master poured a pitcher on the face of a thief who tried to sneak in and steal his lulav. Which reminds the opening mission of the third parak states, a lulav hagazel by yavesh puzzle. A stolen lulav or a dry one is puzzle. The regarding a stolen lulav that it's understandable that on the first day of the Chag, it's possible because it's written lachem. You shall take for yourselves on the first day the dal meaning, which implies mishalachem. They should be your own property. But why on the second day of the Chag should a stolen lulav be puzzle? Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Shimbar Yachai, Mishim Dahavli Mitzvah Habba Avera, because it's a mitzvah that's brought about through an Avera. An object that's acquired through an Avera is unfit for use in the performance of a mitzvah. So once again, as the empty cotton in the sukkah got soaked from the rain while the family ate inside, the master poured a pitcher on the face of a thief who tried to sneak in and steal his lulav. Alright, now it's time for a four-bot back Chazara. Daf Chafhei. So the symbol of Chafhei is a silver anniversary. 
So here goes. The husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner. Silver anniversary? That must be more daf chafhei. The husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner on Sukkot and tried to excuse himself by claiming he was involved in another mitzvah, which reminds us that the next Mishnah states, Shulchem mitzvah between men sukkah. Those on a mitzvah mission are putter from the mitzvah of sukkah. The Gemara brings the Pasuk from Kriyashma. V'shib dechab b'veisachem v'lech dechab derech. And Ravuna said, and Ravuna said the Pasuk obligates one to recite Shema when sitting or going, only when these activities are kederach, comparable to the way. Just as one takes it away for discretionary purposes, so to all situations mentioned in the Pasuk refer to those involved in the discretionary act, which comes to exclude this person involved in the mitzvah. So the husband came late to his own silver anniversary dinner on Sukkot and tried to excuse himself by claiming he was involved in another mitzvah, and then a mace mitzvah, which reminds the brings another source for Osik mitzvah, Patamina mitzvah from Pesach Shani, with those that were tummy from being Osik in the mace mitzvah, and teaches why both sources are necessary. If the Torah had only taught the principle from Pesach Shani, one might have thought, Mishum du Matas the Pesach. It's permissible because the Chi of the Garden Pesach had not arrived yet when they did the mitzvah, a mace mitzvah, but here, regarding the time of Krishma, when the time of the mitzvah has arrived, one could say there's no exemption. And if it had been learned from Krishma, one might have thought it's because there's no Isakaris for failure to perform the second mitzvah. Whereas in the case of the Pesach, when there is an Isakaris, one would not be Pater. So the husband who came late to his own silver anniversary dinner on Sukkot and tried to excuse himself by claiming he was involved in another mitzvah and then a mace mitzvah couldn't stop feeling like a mourner as he sat alone in the Sukkah the rest of the night. Which reminds us, Rabbi Abba Razavda said in the name of Rab, Avel chayv a more is chayv in the mitzvah of sukkah. And one might thought that since Rabbi Abba Barzavta said in the name of Rav, Matstar patamina sukkah, one who experiences distress, is patamina sukkah, so to a mourner. So Rabbi Abba Barzavta is coming to teach, Hanimili tsar de mamela, this implies only when the distress is inherent in the sukkah. But here, ihu dekab matstar nafshe, it's he who's causing distress by dwelling on his loss. Iboyu is required to calm his mind from his grief and enable himself to perform the mitzvah of dwelling in a sukkah. Dav Chavav, so the similar Dav Chavav is a military coup. So here goes. The army man is on duty during the military coup. Military coup? That must be more Dav Chavav. The army man is on duty during the military coup who carried the chol with a headache on a stretcher and a patch of mitzvah sukkah, which reminds us the Mishnah had stated, Chol Misham Shem Paterim the sick and their attendants are patr from the mitzvah sukkah, and it was not in a brisa. This applies to even a chol whose life is not in danger, Afil Chashba Enav, Afil Chashba Rosho, even if he merely has an eye ache or a headache. So the army medics on duty during the military coup, who carried the chol with a headache on a stretcher, and were patr from mitzvah sukkah, shouted into their bullhorn to wake up the soldiers dozing outside, which reminds us that the Mishnah had stated of Ochin Achilles Arai Chutzlesukkah, one may eat lightly outside the sukkah, and a brice was brought to Tot, Ochin Achilles Arai Chutzlesukkah, and Yeshen Yeshen Arai Chutzlesukkah, one may eat lightly outside the sukkah, but one may not nap outside the sukkah. Rabashi said, Gezer Shem Yeradem, the Rabban Ragozer against napping, lest one fall into a deep sleep. Rava gave an alternative reason why one should not be outside the sukkah in Kvalashena. There's no fixed minimum for regular sleep. That is, even light sleep has the halakhic status of regular sleep because a nap can also refresh a person. So the army medics on duty during the military coup, who carried the hole with a headache on a stretcher and were putter from mitzvah sukkah, shouted into the bullhorn to wake up the soldiers dozing outside next to the sleeping horse. Which reminds us, Rav said, It's forbidden for a person to sleep by day longer than a horse to sleep. And how long is a horse to sleep? Nishme, 60 respirations. Rashi explains that it's forbidden because of Bizzle Torah. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichur, wishing a great day and great learning. Tav Chav Zayin, so the Simr Chav Zayin is a kazoo.
So here goes. The boy who drove his neighbors crazy playing his kazoo, kazoo, that must be ruined off Chavzayan. The boy who drove his neighbors crazy playing his kazoo straight for the amount of time it takes to eat 14 suudos, which reminds us as Malkokas where we got the Chachami regarding how many suudos one must eat in the sukkah based on the concept of Teshukain Teduro. Rabbi Yezer says one must eat 14 suudos since in one's house he eats one meal during the day and one during the night. And the Chachamim say there's no fixed amount except for the first night because they hold in a house if one wants to eat, he eats. And if he doesn't want to eat, he doesn't. So the boy who drove his neighbors crazy playing his kazoo straight for the amount of time it takes to eat 14 suudos, who then left the sukkah and went into a second sukkah to do it again, which reminds us, it's a Malkokos for the and the Chachamim whether one can use two different sukkos Based on the Pasuk of Chagas Sukkos Tatsel Chashivas Yamim, Rabbi holds one must erect a sukkah that is fit for all seven days, and the Chamim hold Ases Sukkah B'Chag, meaning if one only requires a sukkah for one day, he must erect a sukkah. So the boy who drove his neighbors crazy playing his kazoo straight for the amount of time it takes to eat 14 suudos, who then left the sukkah and went to a second sukkah to do it again, was immediately escorted home because he was told he must only play in a sukkah. That was his family's possession. Which reminds us, that the Malkus of Reyes and the Chachamim, whether one can fulfill his chiv by dwelling in his friend's sukkah. Rabbi Ezer holds that just as a person does not fulfill his chiv to take a luv on the first day of sukkahs with his friend's luv, based on Malkach Mochem, so to a person cannot fulfill his chiv by dwelling in his friend's sukkah. For it's written, Chagas sukkahs tasel chashi yamim. A Chagas sukkahs you shall make for yourselves for seven days, from which we derive Mishalacha, the sukkah must be from your own possessions. The Chami said that one can fulfill his chiv in his friend's sukkah, for it's written, all the natives of Yisrael shall dwell in Sukkos. The Pasuk teaches, Shekol Yisrael ruin Yeshev B'Sukkah Achas, that all of Yisrael are fit to sit in one Sukkah. Rush explains that the Pasuk implies that the entire nation can fulfill their Chiyuv by going into a single Sukkah, one person after the other. Tav Chav Ches. So the symbol Chav Ches is a strong man. Koach. A strong man. So here goes. The strong man, strong man. That must be more in Tav Chav Ches. The strong man who was furious when birds kept burning up over a sukkah and falling over his heavy weights, which reminds us that it was Tana Bryce at Hilazakin and 80 Talmudim, 30 of whom were worthy that the Shekin should rest upon them as they did on Moshe Benu, 30 of whom were worthy that the sun should stand still for them as they did for Yushua Ben Nun, and there were 20 who ranked in between them. The greatest of them was Yonas Ben Uziel, and the least of them was Rabbi Yochum and Zakeh. After enumerating all the capabilities of Rabbi Yochum and Zakeh, that it says about Yonas Ben Uziel that when he sat and learned Torah, any bird that flew over him was immediately burned. So the strong man who was furious when birds kept burning up over a sukkah and falling all over his heavy weights, stormed past a group of women eating outside the sukkah. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks why we need a halakha mushmisina to teach that women are put from sukkah if it's a mitzvah mangrama. Abai answered that it's needed as otherwise one might have thought teshuke in teduro. The Torah's command, you shall dwell in sukkahs, implies you should dwell in a sukkah the same way you dwell at home. Just as in a home a man and his wife dwell together, so too in a sukkah a man and his wife should dwell together. Ravis said that halakha mushmisina is necessary to exempt women from sukkah, for one might have thought that the gazer shabbat of Chamishasar, Chamishasar, the link Sukkot to Pesach comes to teach that just as women are chayv and achilles matzah, even though it's a mitzvah grama, so too they're chayv and sukkah. So the strong man who was furious when birds kept burning up over a sukkah and falling all over his heavy weights, stormed past a group of women eating outside the sukkah and broke down the door only to find a little old man learning chumash and reviewing Mishnayas. Which reminds us that Bryson describes how a person should make a sukkah dear as keva, such as bringing his nice kalim and beautiful linens to the sukkah, also states Mishanin Basuki. He analyzes his Torah learning in the sukkah. The Gemara asks if this is correct, since Rav said that reading Chumash and reviewing Mishnah should be done 
in the sukkah, but analyzing the Torah can be done outside the sukkah. Rashi explains that the fresh air outside helps one have a clear mind. The Gemara answers that the Bryce is referring to review material that he already clarified was Rav is referring to new material. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ramgol Nizikhu wishing a great day and great learning.